0: Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. Uh, Before I pray and start, I want to, there's a feast that is taking place today. You may not know that, but we are registering the first branch of the church in Democratic Republic of Congo. And I want to welcome for the first time our beloved Bob, Amelia, Musa, who are heading up the work. And then my daughter, Pastor Dr. Clara, down in Democratic Republic of Congo. By next month you have Fountain of the Living World Church in that country. Amen. So that's the first one in French speaking country. We have one in Nigeria which is English speaking. And it didn't come from me. It didn't come from here. It came all the way from there. They want to do this. We want to establish a branch of the church there. So we're working with them, isn't God awesome? So they're hearing me right now. So this first time, but before long, by the grace of God, we'll be in your meeting, and we'll get to meet them face to face. So we're saying, what do we say to them? They need to hear you. What do we say to them? Welcome. Bob and Megalia Mosa, I hope I pronounced it properly. Um Ça va Bien. And then uh, Clara, thank you, Dr. Clara, thank you so very much for helping out. The Lord will really, really bless you for this. Let us pray. Our precious father, I want to thank you for this privilege we have together. We prayed for this conference. You've answered this prayer. We just give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we, uh, I want you to know that God is doing something great here. I didn't want to entice you from what he showed me. I didn't want to tell any of you. And I'm not telling you because I don't want to entice you to come. But I saw it. And I saw you. I saw what was happening. It's amazing. Totally amazing. And to God be the glory. I want you to be full of expectation because you know you can't receive without faith. You've got to expect something. You've got to expect God to bless you, and God will do that because he's out looking for who to bless. So we're talking about uh, Christ, the sure foundation, and the scripture calls him the cornerstone of the building. And when you talk of sure foundation, cornerstone of the building, it's metaphors that is telling you that Christ is indispensable in everything God is doing with you. That if you remove the foundation, there's no building. If you remove the cornerstone, there's no building. And if, so he's starting to tell us that if you remove Christ in your relationship with God, nothing, absolutely nothing. So our text comes from 1 Corinthians 3, 11. <clears throat> For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid which is Jesus Christ, 12. Now, if anyone built on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, now it's using metaphors again, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. 14, if anyone's work which has been built on it endures; he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he, will, he himself will be saved, yet as through fire. 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defies the temple of God, God will destroy him, for the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are now to get the sense of what uh, is being said here? This building, what is it? You need to go to this to, from the start. If you start from the first verse of that chapter, you will understand what is being uh, referenced in this foundation and this building that different materials. So let's go there and read it uh, because we need to understand this thing very well. And the amplified version of First Corinthians three one. However, brethren, I could not talk to you as to spiritual men, but as to non spiritual men of the flesh, in whom the carnal nature predominates, as to mere infants, you see? Now that gives you a clue, it's talking about people. This building is talking about people, believers. So you are infants. That's, that's where the story about being built up is coming. That you are infants in the new life in Christ, unable to talk yet. I fed you with milk not solid food, for you were not yet strong enough to be ready for it, but even yet you are not strong enough to be ready for it, verse 3. For you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses. For as long as there are envy, jealousy, and wrangling, you can add other things, gossiping, Oh yeah, gossiping, uncontrolled anger. You can add it out here. It's all part of it. And factions among you, are you not unspiritual? Because that's not how the spirit life acts. And of the flesh, behaving yourself after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. Verse 9, for we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together, with and for God, You are God's garden. Now you see the metaphor of gardening to show he's talking about us. Building, gardening. Pretty soon you see other things that Paul used in metaphors referring to spiritual growth. He said, now you are, are, uh, for we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together, with and for God, and you are God's garden and vineyard and field under cultivation you are god's building see if using see these things to say i'm referring to the christians i'm talking to them about their growth and the key thing that will hold them in their christian life is christ Verse 10, according to the grace, the special endowment for my task of God bestowed on me like a skillful architect, and master builder, I laid the foundation. But you know it's not talking about of physical building. I laid the foundation and now another man is building upon it. But each, let each man be careful how he builds upon it. For no other foundation can any man lay than that which is already laid which is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, but if anyone builds upon the foundation, whether it be with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, the work of each one will become plainly, openly known, shown for what it is. For the day of Christ we disclose, declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. Trials will show, testings will come, it will show what it is made of. And the fire will taste and critically appraise the character and worth of the work each person has done. for them. if the work which any person has built on, if the work which any person has built on this foundation, any product of this effort whatsoever survives, this taste, he will get his reward, get his blessings. But if any person's work is burnt up under the test, he will suffer loss. He could lose his health, lose his money, lose his family, lose marriage, lose everything, lose his children, lose his faith. He could. He said he will suffer loss of it all, losing his reward. Though he himself will be saved, but only as one who has passed through fire. Sixteen. Do you not design understand that you, the whole church at Corinth, are God's temple? He's talking of building us, God's temple, His sanctuary, and that God's spirit has His permanent dwelling in you, to be our home in you, collectively as a church and also individually. Verse seventeen. If anyone does, if anyone does hurt to God's temple. Or corrupts it with false doctrine. With false doctrine. I'll tell people, I say, you're teaching people, be careful what they're teaching people. Jesus said, if it were better, you were not born, then you make somebody backslide, you believe in me. Now the Holy Spirit is writing it here again. Everybody should hear this. If anyone does hurt to God's temple or corrupts it with false doctrine, or destroyed it, God will, hurt, God will do harm to him and bring him to the corruption of death and destroy him. I didn't write this in Bible. For the temple of God is holy, sacred to him and that temple you, the believing church and its individual believers are. So he's talking about building us up individually as the church. Whether a Paul apostle or cephal, that is Peter, or the universe or life or death, all immediate and threatening present or subsequent uncertain future, all are yours and you are Christ. Christ is God. Can I hear amen? So Paul used identical metaphor again, talking about the church as vessels, and talking about vessels of different made up different materials again. In Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.20, 20, but in a great house. There are not only vessels of gold, and of silver, but also wood. See, See it's the same thing: wood and of earth, and something honour and something dishonour. So he's talking about you and me. Of what essence is my life being built? Of what material is your life being built? Because tests will come, trials will come. Every man's faith will be tried as by fire. In First Peter 2, 5, are you, and you are living stones that God is building, see, now he's making it definite that we're the ones he's talking about, building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. So God is building us up by the foundation and the chief corner is Christ, it's Christ. Why? If you build on the rock, if tests come, whatever comes, it will stand, it's Christ. And if the individual Christian is growing, is growing spiritually, then the entire body, as we're sitting here, if all of us are growing, when we gather together, we are, we'll be operating at the level of people who are matured. Ephesians 2.20. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Now, he's not talking of another foundation per se, What they're talking about is the ministry, the work of the prophets and apostles and prophets. The foundation they're talking about is Christ, the work, the preaching, the teaching, the writings of apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ himself. 21, we are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord through him. You Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. That's what Peter was telling Ananas and Sapphira. He said, don't you people know that the Holy Spirit is here? If you listen to Bible study yesterday, Paul was saying, he gave us this word which we did, but the Holy Spirit is the one teaching it. He's there. He's there, his church. And Paul, said to, to, Paul wrote, he said, when you go to church, he said, be careful. How you behave there. He says the ground and pillar of truth. Don't go there and behave anyhow. There's a presence there. I wish that the believers will know this and honor the presence of the Spirit of God. And so you say, but when one member is not growing, it affects everybody because, for instance, you are a Sunday school teacher. Many of you teach Sunday school, you know that now. You are teaching and there is somebody who is not growing. It kind of pulls the rest of you back. Because you go back to help their brother or sister, and you're not going at the rate at which you have planned your your class. Everybody who is teaching, you should know that you teach in your school. You should know if you have a child who is not doing well, what does it do to the rest of the class? It pulls them back, and the teacher is a bit frustrated because he he has to deal with that child. Everybody who teaches Sunday school, teaches Life Center, should know what I'm talking about. Is a pool on the rest of the body. First Corinthians 12, 26. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Is deceit. Or one, mem- one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ, members in particular. So the sure foundation, the corners stood of this building, of my life, of your life, is Christ, It's Jesus Christ. The material is him too, is his life. Now this growth starts the first day you are born again, the first day I was born again, first Peter 2.2, two. as newborn babes, Desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. Now, this is not a physical human bath, though, or life we are talking about. It's not a physical life. And you know, I need to explain these things because so many people are listening to us outside this country. People are listening to us in so many places. So, I need to come down and make sure that I explain every basic thing so that whoever is listening will understand it. So, this, this newborn babe that the scripture is talking about is not a physical bath, it is a spiritual bath. John 3:6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not as I said unto you, you must be born again. So when we are born again, the spirit of God is saying we are born of the spirit. That being is a spirit. That being is a spirit. And it doesn't sleep. Your flesh can sleep. Your spirit doesn't sleep. That's why you can be sleeping. Your spirit is doing stuff. John 1, 12, but to all who believe in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not of physical birth, resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So this birth is not from human things, it's not physical, it's spiritual. And it is important to know this, because we forget this, or else it will affect your character. Actually, it will affect everything you do. If the devil succeeds in confusing your identity, he will control your character, control so many things in your life. You know, we have a saying where we came from, that if you don't know who your father is, when you die, they'll carry you past your father's uh, compound because your identity is confused. You wouldn't know what belongs to you. This is my father's compound. This is our land. Carry you past it. And he aims all the time to confuse us about our identity, trying to make us see ourselves as natural, trying to make you forget this born-again thing. Look at what happens here. We have dual nature. We have the physical nature, which came when you were born in the hospital. From parents, you were born in hospital, you have that physical nature. And that physical nature is very important. Very, very important. You need it to be in this earth because it is with that physical nature that you relate to physical things of this world. If you don't have this physical nature, you won't be here. If you come here, we will drive you out. Because you are no more a human being. You need it. And when you are dealing with the things of this world, you need all your senses. You need your eyes to see where you are going. You can't be driving and say, I'm, I'm driving by faith. You close your eyes. You'll be in an accident. You need your eyes to see what you are cooking, to see when it is the tomato is uh, mixed. Have I told you how I cooked stew once nobody ate it? I cooked stew. When I was an intern pharmacist, I think I was doing youth call pharmacist or something. I cooked stew. Rice, I think. When I brought it out, nobody could eat it. It was oil every, oil on the bottom, rice on top. We poured it away. So you need, you need your eyes, you need your eyes to see, what, when you want to dress up, you need to check yourself now. So you need your eyes to deal with your physical being, the physical real world in which you live. They say fanatics don't, don't know they have physical be- path. And heathens don't know they have spiritual path. So, it's important that you know your physical part is important and that you have to take care of it. If you don't take care of it and it begins to malfunction and you get sick, you wouldn't even be here. If I'm sick, I can't preach. You can't do the, physical, the spiritual things if your physical is not well taken care of. So, it's important for us to know that the physical part is very important and we should take care of it. The Bible says we should not abuse the body. God created it like that and it has needs that we should meet, and we feed it with natural food, then we are, then have the spiritual path, born of the spirit. When you are dealing with God, who is a spirit, and dealing with the kingdom of God, which is a spirit world, you can't employ this in your physical eyes. It is not designed to see beyond the natural world. So, and you can't employ because you can't see God, you can't see what God is doing, but God is real. So the only way you can do that is by your spiritual understanding that God is. It's called your spiritual eyes. That God is. You deal with God by faith only and shut this one down because this is irrelevant. And everything this thing tells you is not relevant to what God is doing. So you have the spiritual path, then you have the physical path. And then to feed the spiritual part, you can't feed your spiritual part with the same food that you feed, feed your natural part with. But you know some people do that, and they don't grow. So these Christians we are going to read about didn't think too much about their spiritual identity, and their character was being controlled by their flesh. And if it's flesh, the devil gets involved. Second Corinthians six sixteen. And what agreement and what agreement had the temple of God? They didn't even know they were the temple of God being built up with idols, for you are the temple of the living God. They didn't know that. So they were mixing themselves with idols. As God has said, I'll dwell in them, walk in them, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And they said, since you are God's temple, wherefore come out from among of them? Be ye separate, said the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Second Corinthians, that's 6.19. We read 6.16. This is 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. Glorify God in your body. Don't use your body to do things that are not a divine. And then glorify God in your spirit, which belongs to God too. You can't defile your body, you can't defile your spirit. But they didn't know That they were temples of the the Holy Spirit. They didn't know that. And look at what happened again in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 1. When one of you has a dispute with another believer, how dare you file a lawsuit and ask a secular court to decide the matter instead of taking it to other believers? Verse 7. Even to have such lawsuits with one another is a defeat for you. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Did you hear that? Why not just accept the injustice and leave it like that? Must you win every case? Leave it like that, you Now, One time I went home and they came and told me the people who, who they wanted part of my land. <laughs> and I said, call them. When they come, say, say, want this land? I said, take it. Everybody was looking at me. Because it's not, it's not done like that. You have to fight for the land. You, they, they looked at me, they think I was foolish. I said, if you need, I bless you with it. Take it. I walked away. So the devil lost because he wanted me to start uh, <laughs> engaging. They were lost. I didn't have to fight for anything. God took care of it. Praise the Lord. So, it says in that's 1 Corinthians 6, it says in verse 7, even to have lawsuits with one another is a defeat for you. Why not just accept injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourself be cheated so that God can bless you? God can reward you? And my late cousin that just passed, he lost 10,000 euros in, in France. He had in a briefcase and was taken out of hotel. Somebody stole it. Then he was filming all over the place. And he called me from France to tell me this story. And after he finished, I said to I said, you know that we are engaged with the devil. We are fighting against his wits, his deceits and lies. I said, divine wisdom is what defeats him. I said, you want to get the money back? He said, yes. I said, call it a seed, sow it into their life, into their life, and God will reward you. He said, relax. I'm telling you, call it a seed. Stop saying this too. Lord, it's now a seed. What you call it is what it is. Sow it into their lives. Just call it a seed and say, Father, in Jesus' name, this is seed. These people are poor. I show it into their life with all my heart. I said, to Do that, then God will what That money will come back through God. He did. Weeks after, he called me from Lagos. He said, Bro, can you believe? I said, What? He said, Somebody brought me $15,000. I didn't ask for And I was asking, Why should they give me this? He said, Because I can't rest. This thing is pushing me to give you the money. And he brought it in the night. He said, so I can go and sleep. I said, you are with the devil. The Bible tells us what is happening. We won't listen. We want all this to uh, <laughs> bind you and lose you. He said, no, we're dealing with the wise of the devil. And with divine wisdom, you are with I said, show it to the other. And then God will now multiply this it for you. He got 15,000 back in the night. And the man said, "I can't sleep. I just can't. This thing is pushing me to give you this money. Why do you want to? I don't know, but I have to. Just take it so I can rest." Case closed. Who lost? The devil. So why don't you allow yourself to be cheated? Why are you fighting over things? Don't you know that God will reward you? God will restore. God will bring it back. Is it not better when God brings it back? Can I hear Amen? It's better now, so much better. But will fight for everything. That's because we're not grown. We don't understand the, the ways of God. My, my late brother didn't understand it. I shared it with him. That's what Paul is saying, so, okay, they cheated you, I let them cheat you now. Didn't Jesus say if you take I code, give them two? Because where it's coming from, there's a lot. Verse 8, he said, you yourselves are the ones who do wrong and cheat, even your fellow believers. Is it not happening? I don't know how many people here are listening to me who, you, you took something from somebody. You are not paying. It's three years now, and you're taking salary. You're not even planning on paying. You're not planning on paying. And you're taking more from other people. Paul say hey, he said, You yourselves are the ones who do wrong and cheat, even your fellow believers, cheating them because your life is not built on the foundation, it's built on hay. You're building on hay, that's what produces this kind of life. <laughs> All that kind of thing. first Corinthians 5, verse 1 I can hardly believe. They report about the sexual immorality going on among you. Something that even pagans don't do. I am told that a man in your church is living in sin with his stepmother. See, see their reaction in verse 2. You are so proud of yourself for that. But you should be mourning in sorrow and shame. And you should remove this man from your fellowship. They were very excited. They said, After all, it doesn't matter. They didn't know their identity. So they, went, they were subject to ev- all the vagaries, anything that comes. One man in my village, his name is whatever the day brings. It's not their good name. So they were living in a colony. The cultures around them, the cultures were controlling them because they didn't see themselves different from... The, those cultures so they were subjecting themselves, thinking they are the same thing. There are Christians who think they are the same thing. (laughs) They they want to excuse everything. It doesn't matter. That's what is happening now. They don't know their identity. And see what they were building with. See if you can identify any of them. Number one, they were personality driven. They were going to church, but they were looking for men of God, prophets. They they wanted to advance their spiritual well-being through this kind of thing. It's so popular today. And that's not the sure foundation. That's not the cornerstone. That's not even the building material. But that's what they were doing. They said, Paul is anointed. No, Barnabas is anointed. Oh, Paul is the one who prays for me. Oh, I'm waiting for Barnabas to come. He has the anointing. That's what they were doing. And they were totally ignorant, even of the identity in Christ. They didn't know. And it's happening to them. 1 Corinthians 3. For when one says, I belong to Paul, another, I belong to Apollos, are you not proving yourself ordinary men? Verse 5. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? First Corinthians 4. And these things, brethren, I have in figure transferred to myself and to Apollos for your sake that you might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written. Of that, which is written, that no one of you should be puffed up for one against another. It's happening today. People are chasing prophets, chasing. Somebody wrote me, sent me an email telling me what happened somewhere. Like the prophe- prophecies they had. And this person that sent me is a leader of many people. I them. I, I, I said, oh my God. If the blind, if you blind lead the blind, they will all what? Point to it. That thing has no basis in scripture. You don't have to be too mature to know that that is junk. But that's what they were celebrating as prophets. Prophets. If I tell you, well, many of you will say, "Are you serious?" And I want to make a point that miracles cannot make you grow spiritually. It doesn't happen. Faith comes only by one means miracles won't make you grow spiritually. No. Look at Mark chapter 6 from verse 1. Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such, what? Yeah. Miracles. So they saw miracles that amazed them. Verse 3. Then they scoffed, he's just a carpenter. The miracle didn't give them faith. He just excited. They say he's a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in. Those miracles they didn't produce, we didn't build. them. But this is what people are chasing, do they? they? are building on stubbles. You know, one of the things that discourages me as a pastor is that I've seen people that God did incredible miracles in their lives for my eyes. And the church I was pastoring before long the backslide. What happened in this country? Almost dead. Um, in fact, all quarter dead. God brought this person back miraculously. That the doctors called me and said, "We've never seen anything like this." He wasn't wheezy, Baxley. Left town. You know, there was a time. If I looked at you too long, you fall down. I have to, once looking at you, I look at you intently for a few minutes, boom, boom. And the Lord told me, he said, stop, they will soon be coming to be falling down. He said, I want you to teach them Christ and him crucified so they will grow and be strong and get the miracle themselves. He said, that's my plan for the church, that they will all grow. Stop. It's a long time I stopped. There. I had to lay hands on people. You, are you not? I'm not pastor. I had to do that. Miracles won't grow your faith. And if not for what God taught me, I won't be alive today. I know it because I know what I have encountered in this life that would have. Wiped my wife life out. Quite, nobody even knew. Several times I would have died passed away. I was sharing with the ministers on Sunday. They were with me for over three hours. I said, if you know what I've encountered, it's the word of God that God taught me how to act in faith and overcome it that has seen me through all of it. All of them dangerous. Very, very. The devil just wanted to kill me. One day the Lord told me, say, you know the devil wants to kill you. I said, I know that. I said, but why? Why? I say because it's a killer. It's the word of God. Built. Those who know their God shall be what? Strong. And do. I'm telling you. Because some of you are junketing all over, looking for power. One day, what you are not looking for will come to you. And the tragedy of it or refused they come, they call pastor. They won't tell me what I've been doing. Pa- a pastor will not explain why this has happened to this person. Well, I don't know their, their secret. I will carry it. Pastor, you see what happened to your member? Everyone looking at me, they explain. What will I explain? <laughs> what do I know? Numbers 14, not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. but again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They saw the miracles they' will listen to. me. Romans 10:17. I want us to read Romans 10:17 together. Can you see it? If you can see, "Let's go, want to go." So. Faith comes from yeah. hearing, that is what? Hearing the good news about who? The sure Foundation, the cornerstone, the, the, the author and finisher of our faith, Christ. Without him, there's no faith to You know, the, the first place I started my journey as a Christian, our, our pastor was gifted in this miraculous thing, so and he, he was saying some things I didn't understand on the electron. And then somebody said, if your pastor is saying some things you don't understand, he said, keep quiet, keep growing. He said, keep growing. You grow the point, you remember what that he was saying. That he knew. Things he was saying then, some of them are making sense now. He will start crying. The pastors cry. Oh, their heart can be broken, I'm telling you. Because they see what you, you don't see. They see. They, they see He would cry. Then at a point, he, he decided he wasn't going to pray for people anymore. He said, after all these miracles, I'm <laughs> not changing. I definitely wasn't changing too. So I'm not, I too was one of them. I wasn't changing because I was doing all the terrible things I would do and she really paid price for my lack of growth. Those things didn't change. It was when God began to open my eyes to who Christ is. That's when my life started, changing towards being like Christ. I'm telling people the truth of the matter. It takes commitment if you want to grow. So number two thing they were doing is they were using the wisdom of the world because Corinth was at that time a very prosperous city, very, very prosperous, extremely prosperous city. And then because it was prosperous, they had all cultures in it. And so they allowed these cultures to influence them, to affect them. And so they were doing things according to the popular culture of the city. Second Corinthians 10. 10. For his letters say they are witty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible. So they were not interested in the psalm he was preaching All this revelation writing. You see, his letters are witty because he was very educated. They were interested in the letters, very educated. This man is very educated. But the revelation in it didn't mean anything to them. So they were following the culture of the world instead of the culture of God. That will not build anybody up. See what Paul told them. 1 Corinthians 3.18. Let no person deceive himself. If anyone among you supposes that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool. Let him discard his worldly discernment and recognize himself as dull, stupid, and foolish, without true learning and scholarship that he may become really wise. For this world's wisdom is foolishness, absurdity, and stupidity with God. For it is written, he lays hold of the wise in their own craftiness. Job 5.13. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts and reasons of the humanly wise and recognizes how futile f- 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 they are. So let no one exalt proudly, concerning men boasting and having this or that man as a leader boasting see, for all things are yours first corinthians 2 verse 4 and my message and my preaching were very plain rather than using clever and persuasive speeches i relied only on the power of the holy spirit I did this, so you will trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Can I hear amen here? So because they were thinking like the world, they were behaving like the world. But the Bible admonishes us in first John two fifteen. It said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father. It is of this world. And the world passeth away, and the loss thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth how long? Forever. But for them to grow, they needed the mind of Christ, not the mind of the world. You can't get the mind of Christ from the world thinking like the world. Romans 2, verse 1. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. So to be like Jesus, we have to think like Jesus. And it's only his word, only his word can make us think like him. In Philippians 2.5, let this man be in you, which was in, also in Christ Jesus. So if we have this kind of thinking, then we're able to live like him. Then the third thing that they were doing is false doctrines. They were following demonic spirit and demonic practices. You don't, it's not the only way you go to a native doctor that you are following demons. When you follow false doctrines from demons, you are following demons. First Corinthians 10, 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. That's what Paul is telling them. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he Such practices destroy instead of building. First Corinthians 3:17. If anyone does hurt God's temple or corrupt it, like we read, with false doctrine. See, false doctrine will destroy your faith, it won't build you up, it will help you. And then it will blind you from the truth. 2 Corinthians 4:3. Remember, Paul is writing to this Corinthians. He says, but if our gospel is beheed, it is heed to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them, quit believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus. So we're preaching Christ Jesus. Sure foundation. The cornerstone. We're preaching Christ Jesus. The Lord. Ourselves, just servants for Jesus' sake sent by Christ to preach Christ. And Paul and Jude warned the church about false doctrines. Jude 3. Dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. But now I find that I must write about something else. urging you to defend the faith that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. Verse 4. I say this because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. The condemnation of such people was recorded long ago, for they have denied our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. First Timothy four, 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with hot iron. The Holy Spirit said this urgent message. Jews said, I was going to talk about our salvation, but no, something urgent is happening. It couldn't be more urgent than now. But this is why the Corinthian church was getting themselves involved. Paul said, Christ is there, the sure foundation. If you are building with haze and things like that, it's going to burn by fire. Is going to be destroyed. And these doctrines of demons is stripped in rituals, marmed laws, and not the word of God, not about not about Christ. Colossians 2 8. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world, rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in human body. So you also also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority, 17. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ himself is that reality. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial, punishing yourself unnecessarily. Pious self-denial, or the worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things. Their mind, their sinful minds, have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ. The head of the body, for He holds the whole body together with its joints and ligament, and it grows as God nourishes it. You have died with Christ. He has set you free from the spiritual powers of this world. So why do you keep on following these rules of this world, such as don't handle, don't taste, don't touch? 22, such rules are mere human teachings. About things that deteriorate as, as we use them. These rules may seem wise because they require strong devotion, very strong devotion, By self denial, and severe bodily discipline, but they provide no help in conquering a person's evil desire. They won't help you in conquering your every desire. They only make you a hypocrite. But only when you know the truth, the truth will what? These things are not the truth. Christ is the truth. Jesus is the truth. It's the sure foundation. Then they're always giving prophecies. Oh, always giving prophecies. Telling you, your enemy, who did this? They did it. And people love stuff like that. But look at Revelation 19, 10. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said, no, don't worship me. I'm a servant of God just like you and your brothers and sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God. For the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. Essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. What is essence? Essence. The meaning of essence is the intrinsic nature of something, indispensable quality of something. Indispensable quality of the prophetic is the gospel, is to teach the gospel. So, if you want to know where demons are doing stuff, what what is the what is the intrinsic message? Is it Christ? Is it Jesus, the sure foundation, the chief cornerstone, if you remove him, nothing? The Holy Spirit put it here. The essence of prophecy is a clear witness for Jesus, a clear witness, a clear witness. We say that the simple gifts of prophecy, it does not foretell the future, really. It it talks to men unto edification, exhortation, and uh, comfort. How do you define, how do you build up? It's Christ. Build your faith. Faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. Praise the Lord. Are you following me? So the foundation of this house, you and me, should be Christ alone. The living stone. Jesus Christ himself is the rock of ages, is the living stone, a stone that is life itself. First Peter 2, 4. To whom coming as unto a living stone. They say Christ is a living stone. Disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. He is the living stone. And building us up as living stone. So he's building us with his life. If the living stone, it means I too have to have his life. I'd rather have his life? Have to have this knowledge. Christ in me. He has to be my life. Because if he's the living stone, then he has to be my life for me to also be the living stone. None of these things I mentioned it, it beats anybody up. None of them. Ephesians 2.20. You are built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus Jesus himself, the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined, bound, welded together harmoniously, and is continuous to rise, grow, increase into a holy temple in the Lord, a sanctuary dedicated, consecrated, sacred to the presence of the Lord. In him. And in fellowship with one another, you yourself are being built up into the structure with the rest to form a fixed abode dwelling place of God in but through the spirit. Christ, if I'm joined to Christ, if this is Jesus, if I'm joined to Christ, you are joined to Christ. Say, so joined to Christ. You are joined to Christ. You are joined to Christ. You see what is happening? A building is What? Are you seeing what I'm saying? A building is what? So Jesus is the one that who joins us all together. If you remove Jesus, nothing falls apart. That's why He's the cornerstone. He's the foundation. He's the cornerstone. He's the material. Nothing else. And then the Bible says that you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ Himself as corner, chief cornerstone. So, what did the apostles and prophets talk about? What did they teach people? What were they writing about? That says, oh, is there a ministry that we are built upon, what they are teaching? But Jesus is the cornerstone of that. Let's see what the apostles and prophets were writing. John 1:45. Philip findeth Nathanael and said unto him, We have found him. Of whom Moses in the law and the prophet did write. Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. See, this is the person that the prophets, the apostles are ministering about. They wrote about him. We are found. So we say we're built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ himself is their main message. The theme of the Bible is Jesus. He himself said, he said, said, you think there's life in this life? He said, no, but the scripture talks about me, so you can come to me and have life. So let the message about Christ fill your heart. He is the sure foundation and the chief cornerstone, and except the Lord builds, those that are building are wasting time. Colossians 3.16. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful heart. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. I need to read this again. Colossians three, sixteen. Let the message about Christ, in all its richness, fill your life. Teach. Counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. He is the cornerstone. He is the foundation. He is the living stone. And we are living stones. And if we are living stones, then he has to be the material. He has to be our life. He has to be our all and all. He is the Word of Life. His life itself. His eternal life. He alone gives life and builds us up in His image. First John one, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. This one who is life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him and now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. How many times did he mention Christ is life itself, is eternal life, is the word of life. You want to build your life, he is the life that builds it. He is the cornerstone, he is everything. So without him, there's no life. Just like without him, there's without foundation, there's no building. Without cornerstones, the building will come down. Ephesians 4 13. Praise the Lord. Are you following me? If you are following me, shout hallelujah. Ephesians 4, 13, these grace ministries will function. They will function until we attain oneness into the faith. Until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. To all attain the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. It's building us with that knowledge of the Son of God. It's not ritualistic. It's not anything else. It is the son of God who is life itself, who is eternal life itself. He is the word of life itself. He says, until we come to know what it means to know Christ. And finally, we become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity fully developed into the abundance of Christ we are like we are like Christ rep- replicated Christ replicated he is the corner is the living stone we are built up as living stones so, if it's a living stone, we should look like him now. We should look like him. And he's the one pouring his life in us. He is the one building us up. So, when we talk, that's like him. When we do things, that's like him. That's divine purpose for you and me. Until we grow into the fullness of stature of Christ himself. So we were exactly like him. That's what Paul is saying. He said, you are babies. You are infants. He said, the sure foundation is Christ. Be careful how you are building this thing. Because fire will come. Trials will come. This will come. But if you build it with the right material, which is Christ himself, nothing can take you down. Nothing can take you down. You know, my wife and I, when the national president visited us, we were sitting and talking, and I was talking about uh, some experiences we've had in church planting, and uh, my head head of ministry, Remy, was sharing some of the experiences, too. he was telling the man, he said, wow, he said, I walk with this couple, and they tell them what happened here, what happened there. I remember one. They gave us a place to, you know, with the, the, the senior pastor called me. He said, I'm sending you to the most dangerous place in Lagos. I said, really? He said, yes. And he said, people don't even know. He said, because I'm in Saliku, I'm from there. So I know. He said, that is the most dangerous spot in Lagos. That's why they have all the headquarters of all the courts in this in this city, and you will never know. It's called a yard It's There's no way we can know. Then we went there, and then this man that they were fearing. That's why I saw a woman that came to see me. Our choir members ran because she was known. I was running. I said, Why are they running? They ran. They left me with this woman so that she will finish. Then I didn't know her. He said said to Pastor, I said, what's for? Then something said to me, Pray for her. I said, Madam, can I pray for her? eh?" Immediately I said in Jesus' name, something picked this woman like pepper, threw her across the room. Across the room. She was the other side. Do you know more of them? I haven't even prayed. That's when the choir people that ran came back. And they told me that people fear her, even her children run from her. I said, So will Jesus run from her too? Why do people behave like this? So, this place we went to, the, the, the very, another man that they, they were all afraid of, he gave us a house to start this church, and we started. Then the church was growing. I didn't know what he was doing, because I wasn't interested in what he was doing. The wife approached me, because the wife saw what he was doing, and they told me, said, my husband is very dangerous. I want to warn you, because she saw what the man was doing. I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, no, no, you got it wrong. I said, we are dangerous. I said, can I see him? He said, you want to see him? I said, yeah. He said, Landlord, no? let me see. He said, Come see." So I went to see. I said, sir, your wife said you are dangerous. I said, I came to correct it. I said, we are the ones that are dangerous. The one you know, looking at me. I said, I'm telling you, we are really very, very dangerous. And I left. And he continued what he was doing. Before long, seven of his wives got saved. His son wanted even to be a missionary. The church had grew the place. We changed to another place. Then all those caught people now started to feel the presence of what God was doing. So we'll be in service. And I'm telling you a real story. They will come and be doing incantation around us as we were in service with palm front. And oh, you see them physically. This is not spiritual. Physically. Going around and doing incantation. And I didn't feel it was necessary to respond to them. Because the gifts of fear will not what? Prevail. It's not possible. One day we came to church. The Lord told me, he said, take a bottle of oil. Go outside and anoint this company. I said, Lord, I've never done anything like that. I said, do what I do. He said, so anoint water. See, that's why you need the Spirit to guide you. Because people were to bind you, bind you. <laughs> he didn't say anything, so there was no need to say anything. And I went up, and I did what he said, came back. That very day, they, they chattered the vehicle, packed every of their things, and left them. We didn't see them again. What makes you grow? It's not those ritualistic things. It's those who know what? they God. You'll be strong. When these things are happening, it will move you because you know in whom you know he's the king of kings, he's the lord of lords. There's no power that doesn't even conclude. Can I hear amen? Yes. Rituals will make you grow. And trials do come. Challenges to come. As a living being, I still have challenges. You know, somebody visited me one time. (laughs) A man. He was telling me what he was trying to do. And I shared with him some of the things that that my challenge. He started to cry. He said, Pastor, you mean this this? I said, yeah, is it because I dance all the time? I said, I dance because I'm celebrating victory ahead of time. He said, ah, nobody will know. I said, they don't have to know. Victory is mine, 24, 7. These grace ministries will function until we attain oneness into the faith. Until we experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God. Those who know the Son of God. Paul said, I might know him. It's my passion of this life. He said, knowing him, there is nothing that compares in excellence with the excellency of knowing Christ my Lord. And you want to tell me, didn't that man grow? He grew. He grew. He's a man they were calling. They said his preaching is contentable. Can you imagine you're you are their pastor. They say your preaching is nothing. And they told him that he was, uh, he was not even trustworthy. They, they, they was this kind of people. But when he wrote them, letter, you know what he called them? Beloved. <laughs> Read how he was addressing them. Beloved in the Lord. Is it is because I don't love you? He God knows I love you people. And I'm reading this and I say, Paul? At this point, you should have given them a piece of your mind. No. Because he said, I follow Christ. I want to know him and be transformed into his uh, image. He is the sure foundation. He is the corner stone. Anybody that trusts in him will never be put to doesn't happen. Troubles come, but they fall. They come, they fall. That's why I say those that do the will of God, they will be there will forever. But you follow the world. They say this is pass away. They don't stand. They, they, they can't survive anything. But when you do the will of God and follow Christ, follow Christ, let him build you with his life. Let the knowledge of Christ fill your heart. you be strong. You don't have to make noise. Oh, you don't have to talk a lot. The people who watch you will know that God is with you. Even those who don't like you will know that God. They will talk and they say, but ah, i tell you, God is with that person. They can't deny what they see. Can I hear Amen? Am I communicating to you? Acts 20, 32. And now, and so now, I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace, which is able, which is all that you need, all that you need to become what? Strong. You don't need rituals, you don't need prophecy. you don't need all of that. One time in Kaduna, I was trying to go, I go, to see, I go see my wife every two weeks. I would drive from Kaduna to SoCal, the distance is not small, but love is blind. Every two weeks I would drive. So one day I was driving, one man, so-called prophet came, he said, we are going to have accident." I said, no, you are the one. I said, I won't. You are the one, no? Do you know he had accident? And I did it. I said, no, no, you are the one. He did. If I accepted that, I'll be the one. I said, no, no, you are the one. I'm trusting to God's hand. And the message of his grace, which is all that you need to become strong. All of God's blessings are imparted through the message of his grace. All of it. All of it. Which he provides as a spiritual inheritance given to all of his holy ones.